Denton Day and Nick Ashew tonight. It's Bet MGM tonight. He has the outfit. He still has it on. It's oh, worth it, looking it is, at. It is not getting taken off. No, nope, nope. It's it's staying. I am I am curious though, as you mentioned, how difficult it is just to run to the bathroom. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for the I got to go now, guys, and seeing if you can make it back in time. <laughs> I think I'll be fine. You know, in my day, uh, you are I actually. I would like a little bit more respect here. On okay, this show, I'll give you some respect if you uh, tell me why. You are looking at the Freedom High School 2013 track team captain. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So uh, there's still some speed in these legs. Not as much because it's been 10 years. But there's still some speed in these legs. I, I can get up the stairs. I, I can get up there quick. I ran a lot of stadiums in my day, so I can. Oh you know, I man, can, I can motor. I'm just not that, loose. Running bleachers. I I won't miss that. Will not miss that from high school days at all. No, not never not fun. At all. Especially if you do it till you puke, you know, which a lot of people end up doing. So hey, happens. I never did that. <laughs> that's that's always good. It's good if you get out of there without actually puking. All right. So tomorrow starts the Vegas Summer League, where actually all 30 teams are out there for the NBA. We've got Salt Lake City and the California Classic that's out in Sacramento, but these are kind of like just smaller tournaments. What's happened now, and this is what I love about the NBA, is they have turned that Vegas Summer League into an absolute event. Right. It is something everybody wants to go see, and when you've got rookies that are just loaded with hype and the spotlight's on them, that makes it that much more interesting. So Oklahoma City's the favorite at 7-1 to one to win the title. Remember, it's a tournament where there actually is a champion when it's all said and done. Another really smart idea by the NBA. Detroit's 9-1. to one, Portland's plus 950. Pacers are 12-1. to one. Spurs with Victor Weminyama also 12. Charlotte, who, of course, has Brandon Miller, who just made his debut, 15-1 uh, to one to win that Summer League title right now. Victor Weminyama, the favorite at 9-1 to one to win Summer League MVP. Here's the reason why I would not bet Victor Weminyama to win Summer League MVP. I don't know if he's going to play enough games or enough minutes. I, I would echo that and saying, what are they, 12 to 1? Uh, for Weminyama for MVP is 9 to 1. The but Spurs are 12 to 1 to win the title. If the Spurs are 12 to 1 to win the title, Vegas is saying we are not expecting Weminyama to play yes. a lot of games. Yep. So you have to use the books to, to play the books. Uh, I would I would stay away from that as well. I do like Detroit, though. Detroit has a lot of young guys. They're going to mm-hmm. be fine for roster spots. Detroit at 9 to 1. I feel good about Detroit in the summer league. It's it's always tough, right? Because you're going to get some of these rosters where there's a ton of names you don't know. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to have a Summer League hero. Right. There's always one the, or two Summer League one. heroes every single year. And like if you look at the obvious, right? It's the teams that have some of the biggest stars. But you go down the Pistons roster, like you pointed out, Jalen Duran is going to be on that roster. You got Osar Thompson. You've got uh, Isaiah Livers, James Wiseman's going to be out there playing. Jaden Ivey's going to be on the roster. Marcus they, Sasser. I mean, they got guys. I'm. I, I think that's actually a really great bet because that's what you have to look at. Is all right. Where is a team that has the most like first and second year players that play legitimate NBA level games? Right. And Isaiah Livers was a hooper when he was at Michigan. He had mm-hmm. a really great run a couple years ago in the Big Ten tournament. Like Detroit does have guys and. You mentioned Jaden Ivey and Thompson and Sasser. Like, those guys, Jaden Ivey is obviously a very top, a very high pick last year, but they are going to be fighting for, for playtime. So this is an opportunity for them to show the coaching staff and Monty Williams, who's a new coach, he wasn't wasn't there when most of those guys were drafted, that they are capable of playing alongside their superstar in Kate Cunningham. Buddy Beheim's on their roster, too. Yeah, <laughs> Buddy Beheim. Oh, no. Don't, don't no. we need him to be the – can you imagine that guy being the, the hero in Summer League ball? Oh, man. Not Wembenyana, not Brandon Miller, not Jay Nivey. It's going to be Buddy Beheim. Uh, you know, Keegan Murray at 16-1 to 1 is an interesting one. 
but I just don't know how good enough that summer league roster is for the Kings to make it worth it. He's apparently gotten even better. His shot's gotten even better this offseason. He was great last year. Right. So you, you got to sit here and look and say, okay, is that still a team, though? The issue here is like, yeah. All right, so you got Keegan Murray on that roster. After that, there's not... There's just not a ton that stands out to me as, like, they've already got some quality NBA players on that roster. Right. I mean, Sean McDermott, not the uh, not the head coach for the Bills, so <laughs> right. a different guy that's playing there. There is not a lot of guys outside of Keegan Murray that you look at and say, I trust him to be the hero. Now, that might bode well for Keegan Murray, who might shoot 20 times in, you know, 20 minutes in a summer league mm-hmm. game. Because he's not going to play, obviously, all the, all the minutes. But if you're just going out there and saying, hey, Keegan, just work on your game. Like, yeah, try and get everybody else involved, but we want to see how much better your shot has gotten. We've seen you working out against nobody. This is live action for you to, to go against guys where you can work on this craft. Go out there and shoot 20 games. Because I'm sure the coach might give him an ultimatum and say, we need you to put shots up. Scoot's 11-1. I'm curious how many how many games he's going to play. Right. I, I feel like some of these really big stars, at least some of like the top three picks that we had, I don't know if they're going to play a ton in this summer league. I, I wouldn't, I, especially with Scoot, because if you anticipate that this guy is going to be on your your opening night starting roster, or maybe if he, even if he's not starting roster, but he's going to come, come off the bench very soon. He's going to be thick in the rotation. There's not a lot of need to play them a ton of minutes in summer league. Like, even right now, we got Oklahoma City and the Philadelphia 76ers, and that game's in Salt Lake. No Chet Holmgren. He hasn't right. entered the game yet. We're through just he's about He's not even dressed. Quarter. They he showed is. him earlier. He's not even dressed. So he's not going to play. So you're going to see these guys that you do have high expectations for in the regular season. They might play a game or two, which makes it tough uh, in the betting market as to how many, like who should we go with that we think is going to play three or four games because that really might be the, the kicker that puts them over the top. My honest suggestion for, for this type of thing versus game to game is just waiting. Waiting yeah. get a, at least a game in for each team. So you have a little more of an idea, a little more of an understanding what the minutes and rotations may look like. Uh, and that look, that can change because it's also a chance for these coaches to see what certain players may look like, and if they're fighting for a roster spot, a camp invite, whatever that like th- that certainly does get factored in there too. But we're talking about the big names here. We're talking about summer league MVP. You know, Cam Whitmore at sixteen to one after getting passed up in the draft, falling all the way down the way they did it with Houston. That if you're going by a narrative based bet potentially for an MVP, a guy that's extra motivated, upset because I liked him to Detroit at number five. Right. Really thought that was going to happen. There was a lot of whispers about that happening right up until close to the draft. That may be somebody to look at where you're going to get some of that value at 16-1, to 1, but you're also going to get somebody that's motivated, that's going to take this thing seriously, as opposed to you know, some of these guys at the very top who we expect to not even play every single game. And he's not just proven executives wrong, Nick. There were rumors that his coach was bad-mouthing him two teams, which is one of the reasons that he fell. So you can now go prove your coach wrong and say, the guy that I played with last year who was publicly destroying me, he was wrong. And I'm going to go out mm-hmm. there and I'm going to get buckets. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say if, if I'm going to point out anybody, if you're looking for a little value on the MVP market in Summer League, I would consider Cam Whitmore, just because of that specifically. Just that motivation alone can mean something. But it, it really is a crapshoot. Like, it's better to actually look and give it a game. And right. then, you know, and then you go from there. And, you know, we talk about some of these, like most of these big stars also have the regular season in mind. So it's going to be similar in the preseason. They're going to get some stuff under their belts. But in reality, these teams are going to know what they have in their rookies and what their minutes are going to look like in training camp and in those types of situations, more right. controlled environments. And it's, look, it's not going to be perfect. I just, I would not play 
any of these guys more than a couple no. of games, honestly. No, I wouldn't. And if you're in the market, uh, once again, for Summer League, a tactic that I would use if you were a fan of college basketball. So if you're not a fan of ca- college basketball, I apologize. This doesn't help you. But if you're a fan of college basketball and you recognize a name that maybe wasn't drafted, but you watch playing college, they have one good game and you understand that the way that they play and what the roster is doing, bet them. Because you're going to get really good odds, and you know that they're going to have to play more than two or three games because they're not a superstar. Yeah, it's it really is. Just, like, listen, it's fun, but the reality of it is, bet cautiously for this. It, right. it, you're, you're getting. I would. I've always said. I've always. I would bet this over betting preseason NBA. It's more predictable than preseason NBA, but it can still sneak up on you. Again, can still be very, very sneaky. But you know, the the markets. The books don't always adjust as fast as they do for the regular season in the NBA. I mean, like I said, ten the first 10 games in, in Summer League so far have all gone over. And then they finally just figured it out. So that's kind of what you need. If you can see just one game and watch a team and go, oh, they play fast, you start betting overs there, even if the number's inflated a little bit and you're going to get an edge. Or you've got an individual player there. There's not a lot of props, but it may be, hey, this Pistons team is already loaded, and now a name we've never heard of, you just make it up if you want to. Uh, suddenly goes off, too, and he starts getting bigger minutes. You're like, oh, this team can definitely win it. They're not going to change those title odds that quickly. Like, if Xavier Brewer decides to go off and just get 20 points a night or something for the Pistons, then you're even more comfortable in that, but you've seen a game to just at least get some sort of an idea. I can tell you right now, just based off of the, the stat that you had, all 10 games so far for the overs, once we get to the final few games, I'm betting, I'm betting nothing but unders. Because eventually that mm-hmm. has to even out, right? Yeah. Like, there yeah. is going to be some sort of... The due factor? You're in on the due factor? Uh, I'm absolutely in. And maybe that is the books adjusting the numbers, but even still, there has to be some sort of process of evening that out at the first 10 in a row. I'm not going to say the next 10 are going to go under, but once we get to where they do start to be a little bit more meaningful and guys are fighting for that MVP and that they want to raise the championship uh, trophy or belt or whatever the hell they give to the winner of the Summer League, that's when you're going to start to see a little bit more defense. Because guys are going to recognize, well, if I can't, if I'm not getting opportunities to shoot a lot, I can get a, a roster spot, the 12th roster spot, by just being a lockdown wing defender or being somebody that can guard like a Chet Holmgren or, or versatility or something. I think you'll see a lot better and more IQ uh, defensive play. Rockets are pretty stacked, too, though. Amen, Thompson. You've got Cam Whitmore. Jabari Smith's back for another year. Tari Eason. They got a pretty good roster, too. They do have a good roster. How much is Jabari Smith going to play? Because he, he I don't had know. a decent season last that's, year. That, and see, that's again, you're, you're asking the same question that is a very valuable question to ask. Houston at 20-1 to 1 to win the Vegas Summer League. I, I, I just don't know what you're going to get from Jabari. I mean, it's an opportunity for him to get some extra minutes get some extra touches because he wasn't getting enough of that necessarily last year with some of the shooters they got on that actual NBA regular season roster. Right. But, you know, that that's something to look at, too. I Man, you know me. I really like what Houston's doing. You do. You're a big I Houston do. guy. I And I don't care that people are, think I'm crazy for saying that Dylan Brooks and, uh, you know, <laughs> Fred Van Vliet was a better addition for, for the Rockets. It was because I've got one playoff-tested point guard in Fred Van Vliet. I know I understand that Dylan Brooks may be inefficient offensively. It's not about the offense with him. It's about the defense. they got enough guys that can score. You have a head coach in Houston that wants a team to play defense. That's what Dylan Brooks goes out and does. And I I would guess they've had conversations with him 
about all the mouth and off that he did last year. And they're comfortable putting him on this roster because he's somebody that can go out and be an extension of the coach and his mindset and philosophy of playing better defense. Yeah, he's not a great shooter. But again, that roster is loaded with guys that are going to get shots off anyway. He's not there to go out and get you 15 points a game even. That could be... You just, I don't know if this purposely or accidentally made a really great point. If Usually he, it's by accident. <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere, you know. If Ime Udoka is going to be a guy that is demanding of playing defense, Houston unders might be the way to play this yeah. because you're going to have to prove to the coach, I can defend. And if you're a guy like Jabari Smith who does have versatility of the potential of guarding a uh, a guard if necessary if you get in a switch position, but also having length and athleticism to guard and be a rim protector... I would look at some Houston unders. Now, maybe give it a game or two just to see the style that they play with, but I would start looking at Houston unders, with knowing that that's going to balance out the over-unders that we've seen so far if they're a team that's going to have to prove that they can play defense to their head coach. And especially, too, if you got guys getting benched <laughs> because they're taking bad shots. That'll be interesting to see early on. Is like how Ime Udoka kind of sets the tone and the what that – like what the expectations are of everybody. Not just going out there and taking 25 shots a game if you're Jalen Green, but going out there and making smarter plays, also playing within a system, and playing some semblance of defense. Being a high IQ basketball player. Yeah. Which which sometimes it can be tough coming from your AAU style Mm -hmm. of G League Ignite, overtime elite, and they happen to have... They're an organization that has a ton of those guys. They... They... they, they drafted well on paper, but this usually takes about two to three years. And these teams that have a lot of really young players, we've seen it go one direction or the other, right? Yeah. The thing with Houston, these are a lot of very high draft picks. What happened with Oklahoma City, and the reason why I love them this season, is because, you know, for the most part, these are unheralded players on them. Now, Chet Holmgren's a different story, but he didn't play last year, and we saw what that team was able to do. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, they traded for. So the players that they've drafted have all been, you know, these are kind of diamonds in the rough that they brought in, similar to the idea in Miami and what the Heat had but and what got them to the finals. So there's going to be a lot of egos here, and there's no stats or trends or anything you can factor in the, the human element of what the Houston Rockets can be, but they are loaded with young talent. It's how it comes together and who buys into that system. One thing I'll always say, people don't like John Calipari, and I get it, but you know what he does? He gets players that are McDonald's All-American, some of the top recruits in the country, to buy into his system, sacrifice shots, minutes, numbers, all of those things, knowing that there's a bigger goal of getting them to the NBA. If Ime Udoka can create that sort of philosophy of we're playing for something bigger here and get guys to buy in, that's how that team makes a big jump this year. You know, Philadelphia in the game that we have on our screen right now, they're doing their best to make the under hit and Oklahoma City. Yeah, they're killing City. me right now. It's 45-19. <laughs> Good Lord. And see, this is Summer League, right? Like, this is... This you, you still got to be careful of. There can be a Harden whole bunch of blowouts. Uh, just asking for a friend. <laughs> He's one for 17. I mean... He's he's recovering from the white party, the all white party with Michael. You're still Rubin. mad about that, aren't you? I'm, I'm, you still know, hate it. I'm still, Denton still wants the pink upset. flamingo party. I want I the think, pink flamingo party. I think the party. message is clear. Nick. G- give me an all pink party. All right. Well, I mean, you're dressed for it, certainly. Uh, I'm I'm dressed for it. I got the headband to match. Like this, this is planned out. Give me the all pink party. Here's what I will say about uh, the Sixers. There's a reason why they're losing 45-19. That roster's terrible. Like is there's there's nobody out there. there there's there's nobody. It's nothing. It's a bunch of guys that I. Jaden Springer is the highest draft pick. He went twenty eight in twenty twenty one. Oh, I mean after Oof. that you got all G League guys, late draft picks, undrafted. So that's part of the reason why that's 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 going on right now. So I would say fade the Sixers in summer league. That's my advice. <laughs>